You're listening to an encore presentation of We the People. You can hear this show live every Friday night from 7 until 8 p.m. Your source for locally how you can get involved to make a difference. Tune in. Thanks for listening. Get out there and make a difference. San Marcos, Texas, Hayes County, and the rest of the world. This is Friday night, the 7th of April, 2023. Yes, we are talking to you out there on the streets, on the road, everywhere around the world. Coming at you from San Marcos, Texas. And this is We the People. This is your connection every Friday night for politics but not in the normal way that you think about. This is about how you can get involved and make a difference. Here from KZSM.org. This is Political Commentary Show. The views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, the guests, and not necessarily those of SMTXCRA. And I have got sitting across from me Miss Kelly Stone tonight. Kelly. Hello. And we're going to be talking to her for the first half of the hour. And then the second half of the hour, Michael Anderson is going to be calling in from up in Austin talking about a bill to defend the guard well we're going to talk about what that means but basically you know don't penalize these guys for getting into the national guard and getting called out to go all across the world okay so we're going to talk about that but first up is kelly we're going to be right back with you give me just a minute to get things all squared here in the studio thank you for tuning in tonight call a friend text them tell them get on board we're going to be having a good show tonight in the studio and uh, so Kelly Stone is a very very famous San Martian I'm sorry <laughs> uh, you know there are people you, you know your name is known out there girl I am yeah that's true <laughs> and also she is one of our first hosts here for uh, the weekday shows that we had uh, when we first started up some over seven years ago um, d- December 2016, I think, was when we were like yeah. doing test runs, and then 2017 January. 2017 yeah. January, we rolled it out, yeah. and so you Martian know, Martian Mommy Show. There you go. <laughs> I still love that. And here I'm back on the old stuff. But uh, so this last Monday, we now officially SMTXCRA, the uh, San Marcos Community Texas Radio Association, now has the license that formerly was with the city. And uh, I heard that was so happening. It is a happening thing. So now we've got to get our act together. Well, not get our act together. We've just got to get on the, the road here. And we are going to, uh, first off is uh, getting uh, KZSM, which I think we can still get that for us uh, here to get that through the FCC. Then we have to... Um, 
determine if we're going to be able to use the same frequency 104.1 or whether we're going to have to go with the city's frequency. So mm. those are two things. And then if uh, we don't have to change out the antenna, we don't have to change out the transmitter. It makes it a lot easier. We just have to make sure that we are got everything going here for FCC compliance That's and exciting. everybody's trained. And, you know, it, it could be as soon as, uh, you know, another two, three months and we'll have everything ready to go and we get signed off. So, uh, you know, it's a long labor of love <laughs> has been. I mean, we had that, you know, that whole thing pulled out from underneath our, our feet and uh, oh, well. All positive stuff. We're here. We're yeah. going forward. Well, I certainly enjoyed my time because uh, I was doing six hours live a week, yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And um, Martian Mommy. Yeah, the Martian Mommy show. But I mean, it's hard as a single mom, you know, when you're volunteering yeah. and, you know, it would have been nice, like, if there was funding. Um, but yeah, I had to, to hang up my, my radio hosting for momentarily. I, I could always come back to it, you know. You always can. <laughs> I mean, but it was, it was fun. It was a good way for you. To, you know, it's just, it's a good way to be part of the community here, you know, and uh, all the insights and everything. But you are still a Martian mommy, but you've been going through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, I think would be the one way of putting it. Literally, like trials like in court and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm experiencing the, the most amazing thing I've ever done in my whole life and the hardest thing I've ever done, I'd say, in my whole life. So, so. what's the most amazing thing right now? So, well, I, um, I'm getting my Ph.D., Uh, in human sexuality. Um, And so there's only one accredited program in the U.S. in human sexuality. And I was actually enrolled in that in 2005, and it was not – it didn't vibe with my goals. And so I am in Portugal at the University of Porto uh, getting my Ph.D. at a world-renowned institution. Um, And um, my children – were, have not been allowed to come with me. They've been detained in Texas, and they're essentially being held hostage here. So they're detained in Texas, but not because they're born in the U.S., they're U.S. citizens. You know, there isn't any question on paperwork there, right? Well, it's not about, I mean, I'm not a Portuguese citizen. I don't have a Portuguese passport. I don't even have, I don't have an underground network to huh. abduct children. Um, and essentially, it's it's the claim that their father is making is that um, that I'm going to take them there and keep them forever. Um, but even I am again, like I have a student visa. Uh, <laughs> right. So it's it's um, it's pretty ludicrous. But um, the um, the court system here has enabled um, the detention and retention of them and um, not being allowed access to me. So the court system is it's family court here in Hayes County, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I do want folks to, to kind of understand something about the family court is different than in a regular court in a lot of ways, in that, number one, the judge is appointed, the judges are not elected, and it is... It's only the one. We only have one appointed judge, one family court for all of Hayes County. Yep. And um, you can have family court cases in the district court, but you have to object um, to having that judge. Um, And then there's a priority system Mm -hmm. in the district court where it's first criminal, 
and then Child Protective Services, and then Family Court. So even if you can get before a district judge, you could be bumped indefinitely. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a process. Well, and that's why I wanted folks to, to really hear about this mm-hmm. is, you know, we talk about it's the system. And, you know, you as a citizen have to know how to get through the system. And it's crazy that you, you know, you don't think about these things till you're actually in there. Yeah. And so that's why I like to have people to come on and to talk about their stories mm-hmm. because this could happen to you folks. Okay. You know, it's something just as simple as you are now, are you divorced or separated? No, I got divorced in 2011. Okay. I've been a single mom since 2011, primary custodial parent. And apparently nothing, um, from our divorce decree that is a part of what I got to benefit us stands it doesn't matter like the dad is he's required he's ordered in the divorce decree to consent to their passports to consent to travel all those things but apparently none of that has to be honored because he's put his fingers in his ears and tamped his feet and said ah la 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 no so he had to go get a lawyer or who uh, his mom his mom got him a lawyer yeah um and um because I filed for um, enforcement of our divorce decree um, and to modify, um, and he got a lawyer who then filed a, a counter petition uh, to essentially remove all of my parental rights. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, they basically are like, it's been <laughs> okay, 12 years. we're going to start this back <laughs> over again, you know, yeah. and so, I mean, what is... Is there any contentions that you have not done a good job at parenting? That's what they're. He's now claiming. Yeah. And yeah. and and how? And because I mean, I no evidence. Okay. Only an affidavit of his own words. I mean, you know, you have had these kids growing up downtown, out, you know, with all their friends, having parties out on the courthouse lawn. lawn. You've had all of these different, you know, experiences for these kids. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a book um, called Mom, What is the Opposite of Guacamole? That is, um, it's about eight years of a compilation of quotes uh, from my boys and how interesting the things that they say to me have been. And we even went on a book tour. Um, all uh, I took them to all over California on, yeah. a, on the book tour with me. Yeah. And in that book, that was a neat experience because you took them through the writing. They, they learned a lot from that, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, I mean, I even ran for office at one point, yes. right? And so they went with me to see me speak before um, you different were all over the large state. organizations. Yeah. They met people who were running for the Supreme Court of Texas. Like, they've interacted. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've certainly been an extremely active mom um, throughout their lives and and. I not everyone in San Marcos, but the community has certainly um, witnessed um, that, yeah. you know, and has been our village and in, in supporting us. It, and it is, you know, this is a village. And that's one of the reasons why we enjoy having our roots here and being here. And you have given this all of uh, this this wide um, exposure for the kids. Mm-hmm. And here you want to take them. Hey. To Portugal. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is a neat experience that you are having all of these cool experiences, and yet you are sharing this online Mm -hmm. with how sad you are. You know, on one side, here's some of the most beautiful experiences in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And on the other side of it, I can't share this with my kids. I'm I'm at the saddest point in my life. I'm living alone in a three-bedroom home that my kids helped pick out um, because they did all of the tours with us. We did virtual tours trying to find a home. Uh, They even wrote letters to their father expressing how they wanted to go. Um, And the judge said that he didn't believe that the letters were well thought out. Um. Yeah. So, and and in Texas, the age of twelve is when kids are supposed to have a voice. And my boys are fourteen and fifteen. Right. And they have been made voiceless. So, um, yeah, I live alone uh, with my dog. Thank goodness. Um, we adopted a dog in COVID during the during the pandemic, and so um, I at least have. A little cuddle buddy. Yeah, but it's not quite the same. No, it is not. So you've your kids are twelve and fourteen. That they're is the fourteen point. and fifteen. Or fourteen and fifteen. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're over twelve. Fourteen and fifteen. Yeah. That is a point that you're right. Most courts by then, if you're in CPS and in general in family courts, that is when they get to say what they want to be able to do. Yeah. But yet this judge that you, and what i guess the whole thing is what do you, can you do about it i mean we're keep fighting like i mean at this point and so it's now been $16,000 in legal fees just on my end in fighting because that's one of the strategies from the opposing counsel is to run up the bill um so that then i'll give up Right. Um, and quit. I think the goal is for me to not finish school. And I don't understand how on any level that's supposed to benefit my children, um, is to demoralize their mother and give give up anything that she's trying to do to, to better all of our lives. Um, so it's definitely been more than $30,000 if you combine both sides, right. which is more than six years of child support, um, which doesn't even – they're going to age out. So um, – my lawyer has withdrawn from the case. We actually had court yesterday um, for, for him to withdraw because I can't afford to... To pay him. Yeah. I mean, the bill was more than 3000 a month, and we, I was on a payment plan of 300 a month. Um, and he was like, I can't, this is not sustainable. Yeah. So now there is nothing at all moving my case forward. There's no final hearing. There's no temporary orders. There's no anything. And... Um, Judge Sherry Tibby didn't allow them to go um, for spring break, like not even to come visit for spring break. Um, And what she typed in the court record is uh, because I'm the custodial parent. That's why they couldn't come see me. Um, Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So because you're the custodial parent... They couldn't come see you? Yes. And then... Because they're... I guess the fear is, you know, there's these stories of children going over to, like, Arab countries a lot of times with the parents and not being able to come back. A mm-hmm. lot of times it's, you know, I hear that in the news, and I guess that's maybe a fear here, but that's usually where one of the parents is a citizen of that country that they're in. Exactly. Like, that's a whole... like. Even all case law, when you look at when parents have done that, then they have the ability because they are a citizen and they can stay. Portugal could just say, Keystone, leave. Like, you're trying to kidnap kids here? Yeah. Get out, you know? And they could deport me because I'm not a citizen. Right. Um, And so they are not either. So they could only be on a visa also. Um, So it's, it's really... 
it's lunacy, to be honest. Um, so how long do you have uh, to complete your uh, doctorate there? My program is three years. Um, okay. Some people, they often take four years because you sure. know, it takes time. Um, I'd like to stay on the three-year program just because of um, all of the, how difficult everything has been. But um, yeah, it's a three-year program. It's a, it's a doctoral degree. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it's a hard one. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick station break, but mm-hmm. when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, what are your options? I mean, I know it doesn't sound like we've got a lot here because you know it's the legal fees are, are what's hurting you. Mm-hmm. But then I, I want to talk about this with others about how this can happen to you, and I want to kind of go back to and, and give folks a little bit of insight into Sherry Tibby and who she is and how she got to where she is. Okay. Well, so, and that was yeah through a de novo. So yeah. we'll. Talk about that. I, yes, I do want to talk about that because it's important stuff. Uh, KCSM.org, True Community Radio. This is Rob Burke, your host here on We the People every Friday night from 7 until 8 o'clock. Your connection here locally uh, for how you can make a difference locally. KCSM, uh, the... Uh, uh, the views expressed on this show are those of the host, the guests, and not necessarily those of KCSM or SMTXCRA. We're going to be right back with you. Es algo habitual. Por suerte, ir al bosque y terminar el día escuchando esto otro es posible. Ese respiro que tu familia necesita está a menos de 90 minutos. El Bosque, más cerca de lo que crees. Entra en descubreelbosque.org y descubre el bosque más cercano. Un mensaje del Servicio Forestal de los Estados Unidos y el Ad Council. Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart, and you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov support. That's S-A-M-H-S-A dot support. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was etched onto clay tablets, carved into stone, inscribed on parchment, forged into type, converted to bytes and bits and pixels. However the Word enters your consciousness, join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. Yes, the woos are going on outside the <laughs> windows here, and or Kelly's looking at me like, "What is she wooing about?" I, like, ah, I guess the drinking started early tonight. It's good folks. to be back in San Marcos. San Marcos, <laughs> it is. 
you know, this is the, at the KZSM studios where who knows who's going to walk by and holler at you. So. Oh, my gosh. I did a Martian Mommy After Dark one time, and that was the naughtiest of all the shows. <laughs> I remember that one at <laughs> night you did that one time. Whoa. Oh, well, and, and now we have Metal Mark out here on Thursday and coming up again next Thursday night uh, out here, uh, Metal on the Sidewalk. Then we have got coming up uh, here on the third Thursday of the this next month, we've got Dr. G and the Mudcats uh, on April 20th for the Kissing Alley concert series. Dr. G was my professor. Ah, yeah. He is still a professor of music <laughs> and uh, all the, he just wrote history. a book. History, history. History, yeah. I know. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm saying music is in the blues, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yes, and he just wrote a book uh, where he combined a whole bunch of stuff, and he was on uh, Bookmarked. We just had the, talked about the show there, and it was talking about the Rostabouts and the uh, folks that lived on the river yeah. uh, there in St. Louis, Louis, Missouri. And yeah. Woo! <laughs> Glad to be in San Marcos. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think she's trying to embarrass her adult children. Is that it? I <laughs> well, let's get on back and talk about the children. Kelly Stone is here with me in the studio tonight. And right before the break, we were talking about the judges and the people that are writing these orders because, you know, you're kind of used to an appeals process. You're used to that, you know, in our Constitution, we are we have a right to a trial, that we have certain rights that we, we kind of feel that, you know, you don't have a right to an attorney uh, no. in family law. Like if you're a criminal, you have a right to an attorney. If you're a mom, no right to an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's an interesting and it's weird that family law still is governed by people that practice criminal law. Like that's the thing is like we were talking about Judge Sherry Tibby. Like she was a, a, a DA, right? She and was so, a district attorney here uh, at one time. Yeah, mostly criminal law. Like not a lot of experience with family law. And so that's yeah. why she basically didn't want to touch my case, um, which continued to um, perpetuate. So the thing is, is we wouldn't even have to be dealing with courts if we just as adults, me and dad, could because we have those rights. Right. That's when we're talking about rights. We have the right to make our own decisions about our own children, mm-hmm. right? But because he also has the right to say no. <laughs> yeah, and the it, only way that I can fight is through the courts. Just you know, to, to take the kids on this learning experience yeah. instead of you know in, in, in handling things as adults. And so much in our society now, everything gets thrown back to the courts. It's all litigated, and so gross. It is, and you just want to stay away from it. But yeah. look at here, what you're talking about—the amount of money. Yeah. Okay. This could have been. This could have gone to your kids for their college education. My son wants to be a commercial pilot. Wow. And so flight school here in San Marcos, flight school is $99,000. Wow. Yeah. It's cheaper in Portugal um, at an international flight school there. <laughs> um, you know. Um, but yeah, all of these are resources. All of it's being re- resources that are taken from the children. And it's lawyers that are making the money. They're just walking away. Like his lawyer is getting paid regardless. Right. Right. Um, my lawyer was on a payment plan. He was like, no. Yeah. $325 an hour. Yeah. Wow. So my round trip flight here was two hours of lawyer time, $750. 
Um, and so when my lawyer said I can't be your lawyer anymore, I was like, well, my kids couldn't come see me for spring break, so I have to go there during my Easter break. Yeah. But I'm expending my last entry back into Portugal under my visa. Oh. Under my student visa. Because they're like, she can come here, but I can't willy-nilly. There's rules. There yeah. are rules. <laughs> So is this the last time for your three years, or is this... It's a good question. It's under... So every country is different, and we can't tell other countries how to run their country, right? right? So the way Portugal works with their student visa is you don't renew a visa every year. Then it's step one to a resident card. Hmm. So I have an appointment for my resident card. Once I have a resident card, I can then travel freely. Okay. Um, but currently, I'm still under my student visa. visa and you're so. only allowed two entries into the country. So when I had two months off at Christmas and the boys were not allowed to come see me, sure, I couldn't go to France. I couldn't go to England. Like, everything. They're 29 euros to fly to London. Yeah. Like, I could be doing other fun things. 50 bucks, you know, and, you know, to get there. Yeah. Okay, or $60 but, or something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's their rules. And I want to be respectful. Like, obviously, I don't want, I'm actually worried about going back through Amsterdam on my way that I, as an immigrant, I'm going to have some trouble mm. um, entering the country. But um, we'll, well, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Okay. I don't want to get deported. No. I mean, not this <laughs> year, you know, not with the, the program that you've gotten where you're at with this so you know there it's a sad case but you know normally i could sit here and i could say folks you know write your congressman folks right you know there isn't a lot that we've got and i other than for people to really realize that these judges do not answer to anyone right Okay, even the the district judges, it's, you know, very rarely do do we get changed out for our district judges or anyone that's even elected to begin with. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about the appointed from the family courts, they don't care who you are. They don't care what what you, you know, you just can't do anything. Yeah, and so in the ruling on our temporary orders hearing on September 1st, because we we were flying out on September 7th, so six days before we were leaving for Portugal, my kids were um, denied uh, that they were like, nope, you can't go. Your mom can go. You can't go. So then they were forced into their dad's one-bedroom apartment um, where he was unemployed at the time. He now works 15 hours a week. Um, So that's great. And... um, he said that the the law does not allow for relocation in a temporary order, that it's only in a final hearing. That's the only way the law would allow him to even give permission for them to relocate is in a final hearing. Right. And we don't even have that set. Okay. So it's not even a final well, so what What do you mean final hearing? I guess is that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's is, a good question because I'm ignorant. I that's was, where I'm kind of lost, yeah, I guess. I didn't realize either, but apparently there's you can have multiple temporary hearings. You can drag it out for years. 
Um, and then the final hearing is like when it matters. Um, but you guys have already had a final hearing and you are already granted yeah, that was custody. In, yeah, 2011. Now, they're not trying to take custody away from you for with the kids, are they? They're trying to, yes. Like now okay. that's the new argument. Yeah. Um, that mm-hmm. because you what? Went over to Portugal and you abandoned the kids or that's what? what they've, well, actually, his attorney said, we know this is not voluntary relinquishment. And he also said, we know the boys aren't going to say to the judge that they want to live with their father. So what they're trying to say is that the children are significantly impaired by being around me. Mm. Um, that's, that's, what, that's the argument. Um, because we homeschooled um, for many years. And um, so they're trying to say that my children are impaired. And I mean, you've met my wait children. A minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, so folks listening in, you know I'm going to zero in on this one. All right. So because you are homeschooling, Mm-hmm. They are using that yep. against you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for all my homeschoolers out there listening in, this is why it is important that these are the things that happen out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. And I got called, essentially I was called a witch on the witness stand, but because um, they said that I was neglecting the children and my lawyer asked, so what do you mean by that? And the first response was um, exposing them to pagan rituals. Mm. Like it was like coded language of like, she's a witch. And I was kind of like, this is sort of amazing for the book I'm going to write later about all of this. So what (laughs) pagan rituals are we talking about? Because you told them about All Hallows Eve or what? I burn incense and uh, celebrate um, the equinox and uh, and the full moons and the Mm. new moons, right? Okay, I guess just you you talk about some of that hippie stuff that's part of Sam Martian culture. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah, yeah. How dare I? And in the last hearing, um, I loved it actually, but I mean, I, I didn't love it because then it was a lot of pain and my kids were denied access to me. But his attorney literally said, she's a woman who does what she wants. And I was like, thank you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm thinking of the old commercial, you know, she can, you know, uh, fry it up in a pan. Remember the old, uh, she's a woman, you know, and uh, so... Um, and uh, Mr. Anderson, hold on there just a minute. We are wrapping up the first part of the interview here. And so um, you, I guess where are you going from now? It's just, you know, you're here. I'm glad you're seeing your kids. Yeah. I'm too. sorry that I don't have any answers to tell you, but I do appreciate you sharing with our listeners Thanks. Thanks for sharing my story. You yeah. know, that this is the importance to people that watch what you're doing, watch what you get into, and know, especially here in Texas, in the family courts, mm-hmm. whether you are male or female, okay, I've seen this on both sides of the coins, mm-hmm. all right, is that you do not have rights, it is whoever has the most money, whoever can can mire you down in that system, and whoever can pay for the most expensive lawyers. Yeah. And as long as you can keep paying for those lawyers, you can drag this out. Yeah. And every lawyer I've talked to has said that almost never do the children, are their best interests actually served through these processes. Yeah. And so... 
Kelly Stone, have a safe trip back to Portugal and uh, appreciate you coming in and talking about this and opening up with our listeners about your, you know, your issues. And I know you've been doing a lot of this on, on, uh, line. Um, We'll continue to keep everybody posted. I I wish and I hope that some kind of miracle comes along for you, that your kids that you can get out of this mess. I don't know. And, we will. Uh, they're they're. It's not sustainable. Um. Yeah. So we will prevail. <laughs> well, Kelly Stump, thanks for coming in on KZSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas, and we're going to be right back with you. Mr. Anderson is on the phone, and we are going to be talking about H, uh, House Bill uh, 418, and uh, or no, I'm sorry, 184. I, I, dyslexia is hitting me tonight. KZSM.org, we'll be right back with you. Hello, all you listeners out there in Radio Land. I have some exciting news for you. Limey's Lass is going to a two-hour show on Celtic Corner beginning January 26th. Tune in at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time at kzsm.org and hear two hours of Celtic music picked just for you. Welcome, San Marcos, Texas. And KZSM listeners all over the world. This is the Metal Mark Live Show. Every Thursday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, the godson of heavy metals bringing you the old school and the new metal back to the world of radio. So get involved with San Marcos Community Radio. Help us out with some donations. Keep the lights on. And tell a friend. KZSM. New for 2022 is the monthly series, The Personhood Project, made possible by a grant from the San Marcos Art Commission. At its core, The Personhood Project is a poetry exchange that looks to connect incarcerated writers to the larger poetry community. Writings from the project culminate into this series, which explores poetry's ability to provide the tools necessary to process trauma lead toward personal growth, and help reduce recidivism in the carceral system. Tune in to The Personhood Project the last Sunday of each month at 4 p.m. for conversations with poets about these subjects and so much more. And yes, that's coming up uh, Sunday. You can uh, hear uh, the last one of the month. We do that once a month. It's one of our shows here. Um, and then uh, again, make sure that uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, one last plug here for the Easter egg hunt. It should be nice tomorrow, folks. So uh, get on out. Uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Veramendi Park over here, 400 East Hopkins. That's at the uh, cookhouse, uh, the Charles S. Cookhouse. And they're going to be having uh, hunt activities, hunts for children ages 2 through 12. Children all ages welcome. And children must be accompanied by adults. So you can register at heritagesanmarcos.org for that one. That's out tomorrow. On the phone with me, Michael Anderson. How are you doing this evening, Michael? Good evening. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Good. Well, thanks for coming in tonight, and uh, thanks for following up with uh, uh, my last guest there. You know, whether you are a single parent, you're, you are happily married, whether you're a homeschooler or not, you got to watch out for those things. I'll tell you what. And this is something that you and I and a lot of folks try to change 
through what's happening up at the legislature. And so uh, right now you have uh, talked to folks about Defend the Guard. You are there at the Texas State Legislature trying to push this through. It is uh, House Bill 184 right now, uh, and they are going to be having a hearing this next week uh, in the House on this, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so Defend the Guard HB 184 is a bill that uh, well, it does many things, but one of the biggest things it does is essentially uh, lets the federal government know that we as a state, as Texans, is when we pass this bill, we're not going to be sending our uh, National Guardsmen to foreign wars and to foreign combat without a na- uh, national uh, formal declaration of war from our, from our Congress. So uh, this is a bill that we in the RLC, and especially Austin Republican Liberty Caucus, has been championing for the last few years. Uh, two years ago, we had a, a hearing with over a dozen veterans showing up and supporting this bill. And uh, we're doing it again this year. And they finally set it for a testimony. And what we're doing is we're having a call to action to all activists, to all citizens of Texas, to come out um, this upcoming week. Uh, it is going to be Thursday is going to be the uh, the hearing in the Defense and Veterans Affairs Committee. And uh, we're still waiting on an exact time for that, but it's definitely going to be Thursday. So we're asking people to come to Austin, testify and support, defend the Guard, support our veterans, support our National Guardsmen, and make sure that our National Guard are defending Texas, not a foreign land. And you said this is just part of it. There's a lot of other things here, too, because our National Guard, a lot of times they're discriminated against because if they are taken out, not just, you know, to serve in an emergency here in the state, but if they are sent overseas, then the employer is out of the employee for many, many months, you know, sometimes years. And you're supposed to save that job, but a lot of times they're discriminated against uh, by being in the guard to, to be an employee, correct? Yeah, I actually, I found this uh, just working in general. I found it crazy to, to that National Guardsman would come up to me and say, hey, I just got to let you know I do work for the National Guard. Is that okay? And this just baffles me that uh, an employer could could let that job go. And it's it's a difficult position that we put our National Guardsmen when we say, hey, you got to pack up and go to Iraq and fight this war and leave your job and your family behind on, on zero notice. And, and so this yeah. bill will help alleviate those it will help alleviate those difficulties. And so there's there's all sorts of things in this bill that we're trying to really, you know, make this uh, because Texas is having trouble getting guardsmen, you know, because of this, uh, because of the difficulties that uh, they have and because of the chances being sent overseas and just all of these things that it's just not appealing. And so if we are going to have a strong National Guard in the state of Texas, that's why this is uh, this bill is important. Right. We need to, besides just making sure that we have a National uh, we have a uh, formal declaration of war on the national level to send our National Guard to a, to a foreign war. This also um, would help protect their rights as Texas National Guards to make sure that they can serve without fear of retaliation from their employers. So there's also that fact. But 
something I want to put into context here, a lot of people don't think about when it comes to our National Guard and whether they should be in Texas or in a foreign land. I would I would test some of our uh, some of the audience or some people that maybe are, are weary on this bill to say, think about all these natural disasters and all these events that we've had in Texas over the past few years, from Hurricane Harvey to power outages to uh, the crazy riots of COVID-19. We've always brought in our National Guard to help solve these problems. And if we don't have them here in Texas to help Texans during natural disasters or, God forbid, times of war, then we're, who are, who are going to protect us? And exactly, you know, that these that's the whole idea is that this is our, our neighbors defending neighbors and the, that you have uh, this goes back to our the you know, when we formed as a state, when we formed as a nation that you call upon, you know, that we are citizens, that we go and we grab our guns, we grab our uh, what we need, we go out and we serve and we help. And that is important, really, to our republic. It is. It's important to have uh, members of your community that you can call upon that will be there for you when, uh, when things go awry. And, you know, one, one, one thing that many people don't know and they don't realize is, I'll take it back to several years ago, uh, Hurricane Katrina. What many people don't know or realize was that uh, the, the Louisiana National Guard was actually, I believe it was Iraq or Afghanistan at the time, you know, the war on terror, all sorts of different places, especially back then. Uh, that is where the Louisiana National Guard was. And actually, many members of the Texas and surrounding areas National Guard. So when Hurricane Katrina hit, the United States actually had to pull National Guardsmen from the Midwest all the way from Idaho to help Louisiana. And this is this is a this is something that could happen to Texas. Right. And if we're not if we don't if we don't play our cards right, if we're not safe, if we don't make sure that our National Guards are protecting Texas um, rather than a foreign country who knows what would happen? And I mean, the, the border is also another conversation, right? I mean, that could that could help solve the border problem. Right. Because it, and that comes up that uh, and I guess, you know, some people could say, well, this is just, you know, another one of Abbott's trying to get, you know, the guard to stay here and defend the border. Well, yes, that's what we should be doing. I, I and you don't want to have uh, U.S. forces, you know, and it, it, you don't want to have our our guards somewhere else when they could be here on our own borders. I guess is where I was headed. Right, and you know what I love about this issue is I think this this issue uh, is actually the best of both worlds. It's on the GOP Texas platform. I'm not sure if it still is, but at one time it was on the uh, tech, uh, the De Texas Democrats platform as well. Because ultimately, uh, on the on the national level, you're making sure that you're not sending our Texas m men and women to foreign wars. You're ending the wars there. And on the state level, really, uh, I, Abbott hasn't pushed this bill. It's, it's kind of crazy that he, he says that, oh, he needs more help and that uh, it's all Joe Biden's fault. But if if Greg Abbott was actually pushing to fend the guard, he would have the troops and the ammunition, the resources, if you will, that he needs to secure the border. But he doesn't really 
it doesn't seem like he really cares about it because he hasn't had any indication that he wants to push this bill or that he is even taking it seriously as a solution. I think that would be a solution to solve the border problem. And one point on this, too, I want to make for everyone is that you're not saying, okay, if there is a declared war, Okay, as we have in the Constitution with uh, both uh, the uh, House and the Senate passing a resolution for war, that sure, that's, you know, that's when you can call up the guard and we can do what we need to do. But what we're saying is these undeclared wars is what is the important part of this, right? Absolutely. And look, there, there are times in history where obviously we need to go to war. The problem here is that the Congress has not declared war in 80 years. Even to this day, they still rely on the AUMF from 2001 to go to war. So they are not declaring any war. And it's, it's essentially put us in this state of perpetual and endless war. And that really, uh, that burden has fallen upon the, the National Guard now, where in, in the last uh, 10, 20 years, we're pushing more and more National Guardsmen into these foreign wars because Congress will not take responsibility to declare war on issues that we do need to declare war on, but not take the power back of war and letting the, the president put our troops and continue war for as long as possible. So let's... Um Michael, I'm going to take a quick station break here real quick, and we're going to come right back. And I want to talk a little bit about, again, how, why it's important for people to get involved with this, and then what's going to happen with this bill if you can get it through the, uh, uh, get it through the House, get it through the Senate, and, and where this is going to go. And I want to talk about people getting involved more. And I know you've got an organization there in Austin uh, that uh, folks can uh, uh, get some more information and come and meet about these kind of things. So we're going to talk about that when we come right back. On the phone with me tonight, I've got Michael Anderson uh, here from uh, the uh, Texas Republican Liberty Caucus, and he's talking about uh, the uh, House. House Bill 184, Defend the Guard. We're going to be right back with you, KCSM.org. You're listening to the Porch Radio Hour on KZSM.org, community-supported public radio. Heard every Wednesday night on KZSM.org from 7 to 9 p.m. Texas River Tonk airs live Fridays from noon to 2 p.m. on KZSM. They spin new music from up-and-coming artists as well as deep cuts from country greats. Within studio interviews and performances, Texas River Tonk is bringing you music straight from the source and letting you know where to see these artists live at upcoming shows. Don't miss Texas River Tonk Fridays noon to 2 on KZSM, True Community Radio. Yeah, we're back with you here, and I've got uh, Michael Anderson is here on the phone with me, and we are talking about House Bill 184, Defend the Guard. And, Michael, let's just remind everybody again that uh, there is a hearing in the House this week. What do people need to do to sign up, to go in, to, uh, you know, who are their representatives that they need to be uh, calling and talking about this? Yes, absolutely. Well, as you may know, the, uh, the state house doesn't always like to make these, these uh, hearings easy for the, for the 
public to show up to. They may attest to different um, differently than that, but uh, usually when they make these hearings, it's very last minute. So we're just now hearing about this. The uh, hearing is this Thursday. Um, there still is not many uh, ways to be able to sign up or give written or online testimony, even though I know that's able to do. But um, we do have some basic information on how to get there and how to uh, make sure that you can testify. So let me make sure I pull that up so that way we can get this for the audience. So this bill is scheduled for uh, Thursday, April 13th in room E2026, the Defense and Veterans Affairs Committee. So we need to make sure that we're getting to Austin, we're getting to the Defense and Veterans Affairs Committee, and we're getting to the hearing on HB 184 to support Defend the Guard. Uh, we're also going to be putting together uh, events and uh, essentially group uh, a group of individuals within the, within the RLC. So if you want to follow us on our social media, reach out to us. You can reach out to us on all the platforms at ATXRLC uh, and reach out to us. Let us know that you're interested in um, testifying. We need as many folks as possible. Uh, we obviously have many veterans that are interested, but additional support is always appreciated. Now it's the time to come out and get your voice heard. So I'm going to repeat that one more time. That's this Thursday, April 13th in room E2.026, the Defense and Veterans Affairs Committee. You can follow us on social media at ATXRLC on all social media platforms. And um, so where does this go from here? So it goes into the hearing, but it's got to come out of committee, correct? Yes. So essentially, uh, we had this hearing two years ago, and it didn't seem as they were as warm to it. Two years later, seeing how, how much support we had and how we're still supporting it, it seems like the committee is more in support of it. Our, board, our bill sponsor is um, Brian Slayton, who's a part of the committee, and the chairman is Terry uh, Wilson. So uh, he's someone you could reach out to and let him know that you're interested in supporting this bill. We expect this bill, based upon our testimony, if we can get the people out there, as long as the, as long as the message is heard and it's represented from the people, we think this bill will get passed through the committee. And then from there, it goes into the House. So you call up the committee members, call up the chairman of the committee, make sure that the committee chairman, Terry Wilson, uh, knows that we want to get this bill passed, then it'll go into the House. And so from there, we'll start calling up representatives, making sure that there are our state reps all know that this is a bill that we want to get passed. Uh, and from there, it'll usually go from the House to the Senate, and we'll repeat this process before it goes to either a, um, a secondary committee or the governor's desk. So... It's a process of hearings and going through various different houses before we get it to the governor's desk. Now, is there anyone that has started this process in the Senate, or are they just going to wait for the House to, to send them this bill? At this point, we do not have a Senate sponsor. So if, if, we, if someone in the audience knows of, of someone who supports uh, veterans' issues, is, could be supportive of this issue, definitely have them reach out. We're looking at that. Um, right now as well. But right now we've been focused on getting this through the House and through the, uh, this committee because as of last year, we've, we've had a sponsor, a strong sponsor, um, Brian Slayton, but we haven't been able to get it through the committee yet. 
So that's what we're focused on. And then as we're getting through the house, we'll also be looking at what we can do to, to get uh, additional sponsors and additional support in the Senate as well. Well, we talked about earlier that this is in the Republican platform. And one of the things that, you know, the, uh, you hear all of the time on the news is uh, from uh, Dan Patrick and from uh, uh, the Speaker of the House and from Governor Abbott that, you know, uh, the, the legislative priorities and what's in the platform. And getting something like this into the platform is a starting point. But that doesn't always guarantee that that's going to get legislation passed, is it? It's true. You know, a lot of a lot of folks get involved within the GOP. They go to these conventions, they pour their heart out, and they get these issues on the platform. And that's what a lot of us did within the RLC. But that's not an end-all, be-all for our citizens, for our activists that really take these issues seriously. We have to make sure that we we push these issues on the state level that we hold these Republicans and these Democrats accountable. But if you're getting an issue passed and it's, it's a plank on the GOP platform, or if it's even a priority, we need to make sure that we're going out, that we're becoming citizen activists and supporting these bills. We're letting these politicians know that this is serious, that we seriously support this and we want this to get done. Otherwise, you know how politicians are. What's the saying? Uh, when is a politician lying when their lips are moving? <laughs> well, and if you're not putting the pressure on the politicians, then there's no reason for them to vote the way you want them to. Well, yeah. And look, I will, I'll leave out names because it's history as of as of right now. But uh, there was a certain someone that was giving us a hard time on the bill and it wasn't really getting heard. And we applied a little bit of pressure. We, we told the grassroots grassroots what was going on to, to really stir up calls and uh and we got the bill into a hearing so now we're here uh, and we're willing to continue this fight whether it um whether it stops right here god forbid it does um or it stops in the senate we're going to be continuing to fight this throughout this year and two years down the road four years down the road if it takes that we're still going to be here we're still going to be fighting to get this bill heard and to get this bill passed well, this bill is, again, we, you know, going back that it is both a Democratic and Republican issue. This is something that you can agree on from both sides of the aisle. And it is about National Guard. It's local, you know, state, Texas. It is, you know, trying to get the rights that we have that, you know, you want to be able to have a National Guard that is in our, our Constitution. It is to be able to allow these people to go and to work, you know, your neighbors, your friends, your relatives, to be able to have their jobs when they come back from serving, but also not to go serving in these wars overseas that we've got to have the resources to backfill them when they're not here. Absolutely. And uh, and I think that's one of the, the things, you know, if, if you look at a lot of issues in Texas, but throughout the country on the state level right now, you see many things from constitutional carry to school choice, property taxes, you know, these are really well-known issues. But I think defend the guard is just as important as all these issues. I just don't think people know enough about it. I think when, when people hear of defend the guard or when these politicians hear about it, they probably think, oh, you know, it's just a resolution or something. And this is far from a lit resolution. This is a very impactful very meaningful piece of legislation that 
could um, really help our National Guard, but also change the change the way our we we see politics in our country by taking the power back from the federal government and and taking it to the state and also holding the federal government accountable when it comes to war powers. All right. Well, Michael Anderson from uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus uh, here in Austin, Texas. One time again, how can people uh, find out more information, your social media, and how can they get in touch and uh, be there this week? Yes, thank you so much for uh, asking that again. I'll go through it again. We're talking about HB 184. This is Defend the Guard. There's going to be a public hearing on this this Thursday, April 13th. And room E2.026, the Defense and Veterans Affairs Committee. And if you want to get involved, you're ready to hop on board, support this issue. I uh, encourage you to reach out to the Austin Republican Liberty Caucus on all social media platforms. We're ATXRLC. Reach out to us. Let us know you're interested in testifying. We'll get you trained. We'll get you a part of our testimony. And uh, we'll, we'll make this win for our veterans and for the state of texas all right michael anderson thanks for coming on we the people here tonight on kzsm.org true community radio san marcus texas thank you very much thanks for having me and uh so we're just about ready to wrap the show up tonight a couple things though for folks to be aware of um we did have the smart terminal uh hearing uh for the uh, city of san marcos at this last tuesday night city council meeting they are that was the first hearing they are going to be having another uh session uh for the final hearing one of the things that uh, that did come up uh that a lot of notes were being taken and a lot of promises from the council members to try to get some more information was the cost of what is uh, going to be for the fire and for um, all of the resources that are going to be needed to put into place for this project. And uh, so that is going to be coming up. Uh, Also, the city of San Marcos city manager, Stephanie Reyes, is going to be here most likely the 21st, maybe the 28th. We're still working out the scheduling on that, Uh, but she is coming in and uh, had, uh, they asked me, well, what are the questions you want to ask? That's always a loaded question. But uh, one of those things I said was that, uh, you know, if the average tenure, according to Wikipedia, is about seven to eight years for a city manager, what do you want to see accomplished when you are done with your tenure here? And you know, I thought that that's going to be an interesting one to have her answer what she sees, you know, because so much of the time you think, oh, it's the city council members. It's all these. No, it's a city manager that is the one that is really runs the nuts and bolts and gives these things to the city council. Uh, to, you know, they're the ones who give the budget. City council comes back. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it's ultimately the city manager is the one bringing all of these things together. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to talk about that. So I'd gone over at uh, 4 o'clock the other day. Eh, I'm, I'll save this story for next week, okay, uh, for over here at this at the county government building. We'll save that one. Uh, I did get a response back. The cottages, the pump has been fixed. They're no longer uh, trucking the waste. We did get that confirmation from the city as well. So more to come next week 
here on Friday night, every Friday night from 7 to 8 o'clock here on KZSM.org. Coming up next, Friday Night with Care, we're going to be having an encore presentation for you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, the Blitz is going to have an encore tomorrow morning. I'm going to be back with you. Uh, we are got Veterans uh, uh, is going to be back with you at 11 o'clock on Sunday. I'm going to be back with you on uh, Saturday, on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening with Riasis. So stay tuned all throughout KZSM.org, True Community Radio, all throughout the weekend. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And be safe out there. Stay warm. It's going to warm up tonight. It's going to be beautiful Easter weekend. The Price Center and Garden 